Good morning. Today's Daf and Baba Kama is Mem Tess. We're going to be starting today on Mem Chesim and Beis. We're on the top of the Amud. So we are now talking about trespassing, various halachas regarding trespassing. And over here, a, a, a lengthy discussion that started back in the Mishnah uh, regarding what happens when I go into somebody's property and I was uninvited onto that property. And what degrees of liability are we looking at when I trespass? So a series of halachas that we went through over the course of yesterday's daf, and now nafalaboro, vehivish meimav chayev. So uh, the animal falls into into a pit. The pit obviously has water in it, and now the uh, the water gets disgusting as a result of the animal. So the owner of the animal is going to be chayev. Okay, uh, very straightforward, very simple. So I'm a rav lo shanu nefila. So uh, so Rava goes and limits that halacha, and that is is that your liability and your requirement now to pay for the damage caused by the animal falling into the pit. So the um, is only going to be where hevish bishat nefila, where the uh, where the uh, the water got dirty at the time where the animal fell in avalach and nefila. So the uh, but let's say the uh, the water got dirty, but only uh, as a result of the animal now having sat in the water, not just sat in the water. Let's make it more disgusting, shall we? And that is died in the water and decomposed in the water, and now you have basically a dead animal in the water. So if the nezik is coming via that, so then you're going to be potter. My timer. So, have a shore bore, umayim kalim, because as far as the shore is concerned, the shore is going to be a bore. In other words, what you have to do, this is a, this is such a babakama discussion, which by the way, we're learning babakama. So yeah. it's, it's, it's good. And, but, but really, in other words, what you have to do is you have to put everything in the rightful category. Meaning when the shore falls into the water and now the shore uh, dies in the water and is decomposing in the water. So from a nezik standpoint, what is that shore? The shore is a bore. Now again, by the way, if this is your, this is Daf Memches, so this is not the first time we're, we're doing this. But if this is your first venture into Baba Kama, and you're hearing me say that the shore is a bore, you're wondering to yourself, no, that can't be real. No, it, it, it's a categoric issue. In other words, we're over here, we're putting everything in the rightful category. The shore right now is dying or dead in the water. So now the shore, as far as, far as the hazard is concerned, the shore qualifies as a bore. Now, the, 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 the mudding up of the water, in this case, the, the disgustingness of the water, the water now, which once was potable water and no longer potable water, so that is that, that water now is kalim. So what do we know regarding any damage done of a kli in a bore? So we know the halacha, in other words, petur. So, uh, so that's why Rava says that in such a situation, you'd be potter. So the Gemara says, that works out very, very well according to Shmuel, because Shmuel has a very liberal definition of what bore is. Any takala is a bore. Whether you have, whether you are mafkir, whether you retained ownership of it, it's always going to be a bore. But according to Rav, a bore is only a bore once, uh, once you're a mafkir. So, so the Gemara says, fine. So Rav's statement wants to work within both the sheet of Rav and the sheet of Shmuel. So the Gemara goes ahead and modifies. So, if the water becomes disgusting, again, I introduced an animal into somebody's property. That person had a pit. That pit had water. My animal went into the pit and, and made the water disgusting. Render the water undrinkable. Now, what is my liability vis-a-vis? So the Mishnah tells us, Yechayev. That's easy. But now, over here, the qualification. And now, in this new qualification, the Gemara suggests the following, which is, that's only Shehivish Megufa. In other words, what happened was that the shore was a dirty shore, okay? which makes sense, by the way, because that's nor- normally the case, and they fall into the water. And immediately coming into the contact with the water, make- making the water non-potable. 
But let's say the following. Let's say that the shore does not make the water disgusting immediately. I don't know. The, 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 the animal was clean. Who knows? And now, but the water, the animal fell into the water and the animal didn't come out of the water, i.e. it died in the water. And now, rotting and decomposing. Obviously, the water now is undrinkable, obviously. So now, the owner of the shore is going to be potter. My timer. So, So over here, yes, it's true. That what we did is, is that my animal, major water, undrinkable, and therefore there is his chayvus. But it didn't come directly, it came indirectly. And this is the idea of grama. Indirect damage is, is, is exempt from liability. Mind you, indirect damage is wrong. Indirect damage is usur. In other words, you're not allowed to do it, but... In terms of liability, you don't have to pay for indirect damage. So if the water is rendered undrinkable because of the decomposition of the animal, well, that was not directly done by the animal, but rather indirect. It's grama, therefore you're going to be potter. There's no tzoros by before. There's, right, correct. In other words, right, it's right. All right, and it's it's hard, it's also hard to really ascertain if tzoros is more, more direct or more indirect, meaning it's a koach. So you couldn't, you could. I could try to argue that Tzoros is a little bit more direct than indirect. But I. But but you're right. But in other words, but there is no extension of that when it comes to a boar. So now we're going on to the next part of the Mishnah. And that is, is that Rachmanus. In other words, the animal was introduced onto your property. It falls into a pit. And, and lo and behold, who's, who's at the bottom of the pit? Uh, the, the, the father or the kid. Now, in a moment, the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question. It could be anybody, in other words, but 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 notwithstanding, in other words, the the animal falls in and kills, and so therefore, now we're looking at a call for payment. But the call for payment, of course, is only when the animal is a muad, a point that we've gone over numerous times in the Masechta, and so that was bothers the Gemara right now. Meaning that I understand the illustration of the example in the Mishnah is where the animal falls into the pit and and, and kills somebody in the bottom, and there's a call for payment. But are we talking about a are we talking about a tam or are we talking about a muad? Muad, ostensibly, we're talking about a tam. That tam who? And so why would there be kofir? So So the Gemara says that this is not the animal's first rodeo. Been waiting all day to say that. And that is, is that the, the, the animal has done this multiple times. So the Gemara says, well, kind of a question which we already dealt with earlier in the Masechta, but... Here we get to ask it again, really. So this animal falls into the pit regularly and there, are, and there are victims on the bottom of the pit that have been killed regularly. So you know what should have happened? What should have happened is, is that after the first time, the animal should have been put to death. So I'm Rev Yosef, Havi Yeroka Vanafo. So the Gemara says, the Gemara is going to give a number of answers. Answer number one of the Gemara, Rev Yosef's answer, is that there was a Yeroka. Uh, there was vegetation. Uh, what the animal was doing is that the animal was not looking to fall into the pit and land on a person and kill the person. What the animal was looking to do was eat. Uh, there was vegetation around the rim of the pit. And so what the animal did is the animal started eating the vegetation and fell in. I killed somebody. It did so shalobi kavana. It did so unintentionally. The only intention that it had was just hana aso, only for, for it to get benefit. And therefore there would not be, there would not be a skila penalty. Uh, that's answer number one. Answer number two of the Gemara, Shmuel Amar, Hamani Rav Yosei so uh, it could be that there is a kofar penalty. In other words, we could be subscribing to the sheet of Rav Yossi Aglili. Again, he's a sheet as yachid, but at least there is a Tana out there who's of the position uh, that when it comes to Tom killing, so there's chazi kofar, just like there's chazi nezek uh, for damage, there's chazi kofar for death. Ulama Rav Yossi Aglili, Damar, Rabbi Tarfon. 
So Ula is effectively going to give the same answer that Shmuel did, but layered. It's a layered approach. Number one, we'll start with the Sheet of Rav Yosei which we just were reintroduced to, uh, that for a time killing, going to be paying Chatzik Kofer. But now what we're going to do is we're going to lay on top of that, that it really becomes Chatzik Kofer turning into full Kofer. How do you do that? Because what you layer on top of that is the Sheet of Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Yosei Haglili, this, this part's a little bit complicated. Rabbi Yosei Haglili layered on top of that, Rabbi Tarfon. And what does Rabbi Tarfon give you? He gives you full, he gives you full Kofer. How does he do that? Because, you recall, we did this a while ago in Babakama. This takes us all the way back to Chav Dalid. In other words, Rabbi Tarfon says that if I have Karen, Berishus Hanizak, so now that is full Nezik, even, even though it's Tom. It's full Nezik, Berishus Hanizak. If you recall, if you remember, Rabbi Tarfon deduced that using a Kavachomer. That was the very tricky Gemara regarding introducing us to the idea of Kavachomer and Dayo. Anyway, you remember that great. If not, still, the point is, is that according to Rabbi Tarfon, Karen Berishus Hanizak is Nezik Shalem. So now, Kofer Berishus Hanizak is going to also be Kofer Shalem. Not Chazi Kofer, but Kofer Shalem. But in other words, start with Rav Yosei Aglili that there's such a entity as Chazi Kofer. Then add to that the sheet of Rabbi Tarfon that Berishus Hanizak, it turns into Nezik Shalem. Therefore, it turns into Kofer Shalem. I have to admit that's a little bit complicated. So, So what we just offered are a number of different understandings of how the animal fell into the pit. There was a victim on the bottom of the pit. Uh, the, the, the animal killed the victim, and therefore the Mishnah says it's a call for payment. And what the Gemara is bothered by, but wait one second. Hey, it's a Tom. Why should there be kofer? So we just offered one, two, three different answers to this question. Rav Yosef, Shmuel, and Ula. And now the Gemara just simply wonders, according to Ula, it actually works out very good. Because who was on the bottom of the pit? Hainu Aviv Either the father or the son. So, um, so, and, and the, um, so, and, and, and why does it make sense? Because, in other words, it was their property and they had total permission to be, to be there on their property. Either were, they were at the bottom of the pit. So what? It's their property. They have, they have permission to be there. But But according to Shmuel, so the um, that you, that there's a chazi kofer payment because we're talking here about a tam. So why are we talking about aviv Bano? Uh, it could be anybody. Meaning once 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 the halacha is talking about a tam, so tam is not going to make any distinction whatsoever who the victim is. In other words, there's going to be a chazi kofer payment. So Nami, so Katani, the Gemara says your point is well taken, but uh, the the Mishnah's illustration over here is what's most probably going to happen, meaning who is going to be on the premises? The owners of the property are going to be there. I, his son's going to be there. His father's going to be there. So in other words, just you're right. The victim could have been anybody. The Mishnah's just illustrating the most the right the the the. Right, the, the most normal suspect, not suspect, by the way, he's a victim. The most normal victim that probably would have been there on the property. Okay. Okay. Uh, we go now all the way back to our Mishnah. So you recall in the Mishnah, so he, if he goes in with Rishus, so the homeowner now is going to be Chayev. And if you recall, if you remember in the Mishnah, a basic machlok is between the Chachamim and Rabbi. Right? How much Rishus is necessary in order now to accept you, the homeowner, in order for you to accept liability. 
according to the Chachamim, just inviting him in is enough. Once I invite him into my property, now I accept full liability for anything that happens. And according to Rebbe, no. According to Rebbe, you have to be Mikabel, you have to be Mikabel Shmira. You have to accept upon yourself when he walks into the house. So there has to be a legal discussion. Are you prepared? Right? This is now the person walking in. Are you prepared to take full liability for anything that happens to me? According to Rebbe, then and only then is a homeowner going to accept liability. So good. So it's a machlokis in the Mishnah. Who does the halacha fall like? So it, my Rav, Rebbe. Okay, so it's a machlokis between Rav and Shmuel. In terms of who the halacha falls like. Okay. Okay, um, it's, uh, Tosas, Tosas points out, if, if all I had was that just one line of Gemara that I read, so then who, uh, then who would the halacha fall like? The halacha would have fall like Rebbe. Sure. Uh, because generally speaking, we have a machlok between Rav and Shmuel. So the rule of Psak is, is that by Isser we follow Rav, and by Mamanus we follow Shmuel. <laughs> Obviously, this is a, mam- a mamanus issue. We're in Baba Kama. It's a mamanus issue. So you would say the halacha should fall like Shmuel. Okay, Tosus points out it's not as simple as I just presented it. See Tosus over here. Uh, the Tosos um, Shmuel Amrahilchus Karebi. Okay, Tzarech Iyun says Tosfos. Good. I'm just pointing you in the right direction. We're going to move on. We are. We're we're behind. Anyway, but uh, but but see Tosos. Tanarabanan. So Kenoshercha Ushemaro. So, let's say the homeowner says the following, bring your shore in and you guard it. Okay, so, what do we, how, do we, how do we understand those instructions of the homeowner to the person he's inviting? It seems pretty clear. So now, Isaac, so now Chayev, so if the animal does damage, the owner of the animal, the guest is going to be Chayev. Makes perfect sense. <coughs> Meaning the homeowner said to him, you're more than welcome to come in, but that shmir is still on you. Okay, good. So in other words, so now if the animal does damage the owner, the animal is going to be chayev. And now huzak, if the animal himself, itself gets damaged, so pater, the homeowner is going to be, going to be pater. Okay, again, that's very, it's very simple because, uh, that was, that was the rules of engagement, the rules of invitation. Now, let's go over in a different, in a different, uh, manner. Now, I say to the person, hey, come in, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to safeguard and protect your animal, meaning I accept upon myself full liability. So, who's a chayav? He's a pater. Okay, good. So, now, the entire transfer of, the entire transfer of, li- uh, of liability goes to the homeowner because he accepts upon himself full liability. Good. So far, so good. It's a, it seems like a relatively straightforward brisa. But the Gemara says, it's not as easy as, as I just presented it. It's not. In other words, in the first case of the Brisa, so I told him, hey, you can come in, but you're protecting your animal, not me. So what does that mean? What's the default setting? The default setting is, is that when he comes in invited, I'm going to go ahead and accept liability. So, Okay, good. So that, that means to say that the default setting is, is that my invitation by itself means that I, the homeowner, accept liability. That's the sheet of the Chachamim. So far, so good. Now let's go on to the next part of the Brisa. So who 
Chayav bala shor pater bala chater. The mistama lo mekabal of nitirasa. Now, in the second case of the brisa, what happens? I invite him in, and I say, "Hey, welcome. Come in." So come in, and I'm going to take responsibility, liability upon your animal. Oh, so under those circumstances, you take responsibility and liability. Meaning, had you not said that, but just extended an invitation, the default setting is is that you're not going to be liable, and that's. The Shita of Rabbi. The Bistamala Makabala and Tiduras of Asana Rabbi Damar, Ashikaba Lab Nituras of Alabais Lishmore. So Rasha Rabban of Safer Rabbi. And of course, what's the difficulty? The difficulty is is that the Brisa is crossing the beams. The first part of the Brisa is going like the Chacham, the second part is going like Rabbi. So I'm Rabbi Lazar, Tabra, Misha Shanazu, Loshanazu. So Rabbi Lazar says, Okay, I know that's hard, but that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna break the Brisa into two parts. First part of the price is going like the Chachamim. Second part of the price is going like Rebbe. So, and the Gemara said, that's one approach. The Gemara gives two other approaches. The classic Gemara. So, Rav Amar Kula Rabbanan, he... Now, the entire price is going like the Chachamim. Again, according to the Chachamim, once I invite him into my property, I accept liability. So now, I did the Nasar Shmarau, Now, that means to say that I don't have to now, when I invite him into my house, say, hey, welcome to my house, and I accept full liability. You don't have to do that. All you need to do is just accept and invite him into your house, and that de facto it puts the liability on the homeowner. That is, I, why then would the Brisa at the end say that I said to him, hey, welcome, and I'm going to safeguard your, your, your animal? It's unnecessary. So the Gemara's answer is very simple. It's symmetry. In other words, in the in the ratio of the right side, it says, I'm not going to guard it. So in the Seifa, it just wants to contrast that. The par- the contrasting parallel would be, uh, and, and I will guard it. But it's really, but in Echinami, that was unnecessary. Rapapa, Amarkula, Rabbi. So, uh, and, and the third approach of how to understand the Raisa. And that is, is that really, uh, the Raisa is going, I'll leave it to Rabbi. Now remember, according to Shita's Rabbi, when am I, the homeowner, going to take responsibility and liability? Only when I, A, invite him, and B, Tell him that I'm taking liability. Then and only then do I accept liability. Ah, so v'sevel like Rabbi Tarfon Damar, Karen Bechatzar, Nezek 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 Shalom Shalom. So, and we're going to add one more detail, and that is is that we're holding like Rabbi Tarfon. Any damage done Berushus Hanizak is going to be Nezek Shalom Hilkach Amar Shmaro. So, when he walks into my house and I give him his marching orders. Hey, you're more than welcome to come in, please. Right? I, I, I love it that you're going to spend time with me, and your animal can come in, but you watch your, <laughs> but you watch your animal. So, what is effectively that has that done halachically? So, what has that that has done is lo That means that although I invite you onto my property, but legally this is not your this can't this property now my property can't be called rishus anizak vis a you. In other words, it's all mine. It's not yours. And now, uh, so now any damage that's done is going to be uh, considered uh, in other words, if, let's say, the homeowner's property gets damaged, that's considered and therefore upgrades to Nezek Shalem. However, we go, give me one moment. But if I don't give him his marching orders and I don't say, "Hey, you're going to be you're going to be guarding it," so so now my property is going to be our property because I invited you onto the property and I didn't give you the orders of, "Hey, you're going to be guarding your animal." 
So that means to say that I haven't accepted liability, but vis-a-vis this property over here, from a liability standpoint, it's now ours. It's Chatzar Shutfim. The Karen B'Chatzar Shutfim in a Mashal Melech Nezek. And then Chatzar Shutfim, the only going to be paying Chatzar Nezek, not Nezek Shalim. Mind you, this approach of Rapapa works, but only if you subscribe to Rabbi Tarfon's rule. We, we don't pass them like Rabbi Tarfon. So it's, it, the approach is not going to work halachically, but at least within Rabbi Tarfon, the answer is going to work. I just wanted to confirm, Rabbi Tarfon said that if it's a public domain, there's no... There's no when, when we're talking about Karen, you're always going to pay Chatzin right. The Rabbi Tarfon rule is, is that if somebody comes onto, an animal comes onto my property and does damage, so it gets upgraded from Chatzin to Nezek Shalim. That's the rule of Rabbi Tarfon. And over here... No, it's not right. That's not the halacha. Correct, correct. Correct, correct. Okay, very good. Okay, Adkan, that takes us really to the end of yesterday's daf. Okay, we are now caught up. Unfortunately, we're halfway through. Okay, so let's go. Okay, we are now going to enter into a discussion, which I admit, super fascinating discussion, but really going to be difficult and challenging to wrap our heads around uh, before before we begin the Mishnah. So a little bit of background, shall we? We're uh, going to go, so our first stop is going to be in Parshas Mishpatim, Sefer Shmos, Perch of Aleph, and Pasuk of Beis, 2122, in, 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 in the book of Exodus. And there... So the Torah gives a description of two people fighting. In other words, it's Mishpatim, it's Parshas, Parshas Mishpatim, and a classic Nezik construct, an example in which we want to highlight uh, liabilities in terms of damage, in terms of what happens if somebody dies, unintention, unintentional damage, unintentional death, so forth and so on. There's a lot going on over there. And to add to all that, the woman who happened to have been hit in that Pasuk over there, there are two Pasukim to look at. The woman who was hit, she happened to have been pregnant. And, and the blow resulted in her miscarriage. And now there's payments that need to be made. Okay, let's first, let's first see the Pasuk inside. Right? In other words, right now, don't look at the Mishnah inside. We're just right now looking at the Pasuk. V'china, Hashim, two people are fighting. V'nagafu, Ishahara. And what happens was, is that a woman gets right there in the middle of the fight. She's, let's say, the wife of one of them. Irrelevant whether she is or she isn't. In other words, but she steps right there in the middle of the fight, maybe trying to break up the fight. And she's pregnant at the time. Viyatsu yiladeha. Now what happens is that she, get pun- she gets punched. Let's assume right now she got punched in the stomach. And as a result of that, she miscarried. So, velo but she didn't die. So in other words, she got damaged, she didn't die. Now, if you're thinking for just a moment, well, what, what, what about the death of the fetus? The death of the fetus is significant, but that's not murder. Okay? It's not murder. It is definitely chavala. It's definitely an assault. It definitely has payments that need to be made. And in fact, the remainder of today's daf, where all we're going to talk about are the payments that need to be made, but it's not an act of murder. Anosh ye anesh. Let me first finish. Anosh ye anesh. So the Torah says, now because it's assault, so therefore, like any other chavala, you're going to have to pay. And in terms of the payment, who's the payment going to go to the husband? I'm going to explain that better in just a moment. It just simply means that we're going to go to the court. The court's going to assess, and, and, and those payments are going to go to the husband. We are now being introduced in today's daf, memtes, to what's called the mevlados. The mevlados now is a payment of the value of the fetus that the Torah tells us. It's a chidosh Torah. Now, this is not the first time in Baba Kama we're being introduced to this idea. We saw this back on daf mem gimel, but today's daf, memtes, is really the daf in which we talk about this payment of Demei Vlados and the Demei Vlados penalty payment goes to the husband. Okay, now, let me just be very clear here for just a moment. Okay, the woman got assaulted. 
Now, whether it was intentional or unintentional, meaning the way the Torah constructs the case, she's walking into a fight. It doesn't matter. And the person who hit her didn't mean to hit her. Also doesn't matter. In other words, when you go ahead and assault somebody intentionally, unintentionally, you have to pay for all the damages. Okay. That's first thing I want to make clear. Next thing I want to make clear. So she got injured and as part of the injury, so she miscarried. Put the miscarriage aside for just a moment. Any damage that occurs to her, so that is what is nezek. And obviously she's going to be compensated for that nezek. Again, put the Demei Vlados aside. The, the fetus miscarried and that's a separate line item. We're coming back to that momentarily. So in other words, just we're talking about the, the actual damage itself. The Chavala, the Tsar, the Boshes, the Ripui, the Sheves. All five payments that you normally pay for regular damage. So that's all going to be due and, let's be really clear, it's going to be due to her. She is the recipient of those damages. She's the one who suffered those damages. She's going to be compensated. Now, yes, it's true in a marriage. So it's true that the husband is going to have some rights to that money. But nevertheless, in terms of the actual money, the money goes to her, not to him. Okay. What the Torah is introducing to us is that there, by, by a pregnant woman who miscarried because of damages, there is a now separate line item. This separate line item, we are now going to be calling Demei Vlados. Now, this separate line item now is a brand new line item that does, it's, it's aside from Chetnezek, Tsar, Boshes, Ripui, Sheves. It's a totally brand new line item and the Torah's Mechadesh. That A, we're introducing this new line item and B, that now is going to be another assessed payment and that's going to go to the husband, not to her. And by the way, when I say husband, it doesn't have to be her husband. It just simply could be whoever is the father of that of that fetus. A filobiznos. You recall we did that back on Daf Mem Gimel. In other words, whoever impregnated her, even if it wasn't in the context of marriage, nevertheless he's going to be getting those that that demay vladas a line item. But again, that is in addition to all the regular assault penalties that are going to go to her. That could be complicated. It is complicated, no, not good. I'm saying, how do you determine who the father is? <laughs> oh, that, okay, fine. Let, let's assume we know. If we don't know, so then, so then there's a suffix. I'm saying you have to take her word for it. Uh, let's say, let's say everyone agrees who the father is. Okay. 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 Good. Okay. Um, now, here's another. Here's one more word of introduction. I know I don't, I don't have time for these int- introductions, but it's all important. It's all necessary. Okay. Here's one more word of introduction that we also need to know. And that is, is that the, uh, the Demei Vlados line item that we are going to be focusing on for today, meaning, is it, it, are we looking at something that exists as an asset in of itself? Or is it totally a, it's a totally new Chiddush Torah? Meaning, let's see if I can put this in better, in better terminology. Is this something that has already an inherent value? And all the Torah is just doing is simply assigning it, look, this has an inherent value, but for reasons which the Torah, Torah HaKadosha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with his infinite knowledge, determines that for whatever reason which I cannot articulate, it's going to go to the husband. Or, or again, I say husband, I really mean father. It's going to go to the father, or maybe no. Maybe, in other words, what the Torah is saying is that, look, this doesn't, this value that we're, put, that we're assessing right now is not inherent in of itself. It just happens to be that the Torah is being mechadesh. The Torah is manufacturing a new line item under the circumstances where a woman miscarries. Okay, that's a 
it, that, that is a fundamental question, which the Gemara will touch on a little bit later on. So far, so good. And let's begin. And Sure, that was intent on on attacking a person and mistakenly hit a woman, incidentally hits a woman and causes a miscarriage, does not pay the Demei Vlados penalty. The Demei Vlados penalty is only when the penalty was caused by a human, not by an animal. It was was intended to instruct another ox. Yeah. You said a person. Okay, excellent. I'm prepared to be corrected. However, if a person, in other words, let's do, let's, let's do the same exact case where a person now was, in, was intent on striking another person, not the woman, and she gets it incidentally. So, so there's going to be Demei Vlada's payment. Now, effectively, what the Mishnah has done, meaning now that we have all the background and we know the Psukim, what effectively the Mishnah has done is the Mishnah just outlined the Pasuk. But what the Mishnah added is the contrast Meaning that if we're looking at the same thing, but the animal was was the one that caused the miscarriage, so then there is not going to be Demei Vlada's payment. Demei Vlada's payment is only going to be by an Adam, not by a behema. Okay. Now, Ketza Misham Demei Vlada, Shaman Masisha Kami Yafa, Ashalo Yadavikami Yafa, Mishialda. Now, in terms of assessing Demei Vlados, how are we going to give a actual price tag to that line item? So the Tanakhama says what we're going to do is that we're going to assess. How much is a woman going to be sold on the market while pregnant? How much is she going to, is she going to be sold post-pregnancy? And whatever that difference is, that's going to be the Demei Vlados payment. And that is going to be sent to the husband. So the Amar Rabbi Shimon Gamal, Rabbi Shimon Gamal says, you have to be kidding me. Meaning, isn't the woman going to be worth more after she gave birth than before she gave birth? So and now, exactly how does the actuarial scale work according to... So I'm going to ask all of us to wait. The Gemara is going to actually set the actuarial, actuarial table, meaning obviously what we're looking at over here is a really fundamental machloks between the Tanakama and Rosh and Gamliel in terms of how to appraise and how to assess. Stay tuned. We're going to get there. So, But obviously Rosh and Gamliel can't deny the fact that there's Demei Vlados, meaning the Torah says it. So what is Demei Vlados? Demei Vlados is, get ready for it, the value of the fetus. In other words, if somebody, if that fetus were to be sold on the market, and I know, and you know, that a person cannot be kona davish olam, but in other words, but that's a Kenyan issue. In other words, but it has a value. It is a future. It has a value. So what you're going to do is that you're going to assess how much it would be sold on the market, meaning all you're buying right now is that fetus that's inside of her. So uh, whatever, whatever that assessed value is, so that's how much you're going to be paying. That's the Demei Vlados payment. No sin Labal, no sin Liyoshav. Now, Demei Vlados payment goes to the husband. Why? Because the Torah says so. That was easy. And if, there, and if there is no husband, so then it goes to his Yoshav. Meaning, let's say he dies, so it goes to the Yoshav. Now, Haisa Shifchav Nishtachra O Giyares. So now, let's say she's a Shifcha, Or let's say she's a Giyares. I'm sorry, let's be clear. Let's say she's a shifcha shenishachra. Alternatively, she's a gearis. Under those circumstances, now, the assailant is going to be pater. Now, Rashi points out over here, and this is a really important point, and that is, it's inconsequential, really, if she's a gearis, or she is a shifcha shenishachra. What's really more relevant to the discussion is, what is he? In other words, uh, the husband. 
So in other words, Rashi points out over here is that what the Mishnah really means is that when we say that she's a shivcha, it means that he's also an evik kanani mishachrer. And when, and when the Mishnah says that she's a giyaris, it means that she's married to a ger. Because typically that's how life works. In other words, who does a giyaris marry? The giyaris marries a ger. Okay, that's generally speaking how things work. And, and the point of the Mishnah, there's again, going, I'm just paraphrasing Rashi over here. And the point of the Mishnah is, is that look, there is a payment due to the husband, correct? That's true. Now, what if he no longer is there? So again, it's an account receivable. What happens to your account receivable is it goes down to the estate and it's going to be inherited by the estate. What if he doesn't have Yorshim? Well, who doesn't have Yorshim? Exactly. The gear. The gear does not have Yorshim. So now what we're looking at is we're looking at an account receivable, but now it's Hefker. In other words, the gear dies and he doesn't have Yorshim. So now what? Ah, so, so, so now, Kolak Kodem Zacha. Whoever is, whoever gets it first is going to be able to hold on to it. Who's holding that money right now? The assailant. The assailant is holding the money, so he gets to keep it. Okay. The blood that would have been his heir, right? That's, that's oh, that's also, I mean, that's true. It, irrelevant to the discussion, but you're right. Okay. If the, the gear or the Evakani Meshachar is alive, they, they, they still get it. Yeah, no, correct, correct. Had they been alive, they would have gotten it. But now that they died, so now, right, it's an account receivable, but no one, no one to collect it. So now it's Hefker. I have a question on your initial mistake, which is oh. <laughs> yeah. if, the, if the ox was trying to go another ox, then there's no payment. But what if it was actually trying to bore the woman? Well, the Gemara is going to make your the Gemara is going to make your comment. Perfect. You, you said you said that perfectly. Okay. So uh, so far we have now uh, the Mishnah uh, the, the the Mishnah set up. We are introduced into the world of the Mevlados, and now let's go. We are on Mem Testament Aleph. We are starting with the Gemara, and uh, for the remainder of today. All we're going to be discussing is the Mevlados, time of the Miskaven Lechaver, HaMiskaven Leisha Mishalem, the Mevlados. So now, let's say the animal was aiming right at the pregnant woman and assaults the pregnant woman and now, and, and, and does damage to her. So if you're Medaic in the Mishnah, which Alan just did. So if you're Medaic in the Mishnah, you're reading the Mishnah critically and you want to deduce from the Mishnah, it sounds that you, that, that the owner of the animal would have to pay the Mevlados. But Lema Te'avit Yufta Deravada Ba'ava. And meanwhile, we learned earlier in this parak, Membez, that's a week ago. So we learned earlier in the Masechta that according to Ravada Ba'ava, there is no Dmei Vlados payment by, by an animal. In other words, only when the injury is caused by a human, then and only then is Dmei Vlados. So the, uh, so Amlecha Ravada Ba'ava, so Rav Adabava will tell you in his defense that look, it's no, even even if there was a direct assault from the animal to the woman causing a causing causing the miscarriage, it wouldn't be Demay Vlados. That'd be true. I why what about the Mishnah and the way it's written? And in terms of the construct of the Mishnah, again, we keep hitting this point again and again. Eventually, it's going to sink in. I'm talking about me. And then that is, is that parallel structure. In other words, what the Mishnah knows it's going to set up is a case where a, two men are fighting and the woman was hit incidentally. 
So since the Mishnah is going to get to that case, so the first case of the Mishnah, it's the same thing. The animal is hitting the woman incidentally. Even if it wasn't incidental, even if the animal was directed towards the woman, the halacha would be the same. But the Mishnah wrote in such a style only so that it would be a parallel between the first and second half of the Mishnah. Amra Papa, Shorshinaga Chesa Shivcha, Vyatsu Yelada, Misham Deme Vlados. Okay, now, let's say the shore hits the Shivcha. Okay, now, the Salacha is not PC, but it's okay, we're learning Torah. The, uh, and that is, is that, so now when, it, when the animal hits a Shivcha, Shivcha now, now she's not Mishukharis, in other words, she's a Shivcha, which means that she's chattel, so she's an asset. And, and, and what, what happened now? Damage occurred. In other words, so the, the, so the, 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 um, it caused a miscarriage. So there, you would have to pay. Even though we just learned together that the May Vlados payment is not going to be in effect when an animal hits a woman causing a miscarriage, but that's a Jewish woman. Over here, we're talking about a Shifcha Kananis. And now what we have to do is, again, we're just putting on legal goggles, which is what we, all we do when we learn Torah. We put on the legal goggles. So what is she now? She is an asset. She's chattel. And so therefore, what has just occurred is that you had a diminishment of value. And obviously, you have to pay for that. My taima. So, and the Gemara says it in really strong language, it's supposed to, but, but, but the strong language of the Gemara is just so that we understand. In other words, it's a chamor. In other words, what effectively you, the, the animal's damage is property. And, and in other words, it's property damage, and therefore you pay for the property damage. So, the Amr Kra, the Pasuk says, I'm sorry, Shulachem Po Imachamor, Amadamalachamor. Okay, so in other words, when it comes to an Evid, when it comes to a Shivcha, so from a legal standpoint, they are Chamorim, and as a result of that, so in other words, it's property damage. And since it's property damage, you have to pay for the loss of the property damage. Who gets the owner, father or the master? That's a good question. That's what I was I, I, I think it's a good question, but here I'm, I'm, I'm ready to say it. In other words, the master. In other words, it's his. It's his property. No matter who the father is. No, in other words, correct. In other, yeah, correct. In other words, this is now, in other words, no longer is this to make Vlados vis-a-vis this new Chiddush of Dmei Vlados, it is just simply a loss of property. Loss of property, now the owner gets it. Okay. Ketzim Misham Dmei Vlados. So Dmei Vlados, Shevach Vlados Mi Bayele. So the Gemara says, now, this new line item that we just introduced into this world is what's called Dmei Vlados. Okay, Dmei Vlados, the Gemara says, now I'm presenting the Gemara like Rashi, which, which is normally what I do. Dmei Vlados, it should be Dmei Vlados and Shevach Vlados. Okay, look, the woman's pregnant. So, okay. And, and, and again, over here, I'm speaking strictly legally and not looking to offend anybody. Okay, not, not, not looking to. Today's, today's daf, admittedly, is going to present a challenge, but it's okay. Okay, I'm not looking to offend. Okay, so when a woman is pregnant, so in other words, so what, what do you have over here? You have not only the, the, the value of the Vlad that's inside of her, but also she's also inflated. I mean that literally. In other words, she's larger. So in other words, so for her now, there is also more. There is what there is the Demei Vlad. There's also the Shevach Havlad. And as a result of that, now there's more of her. Isn't that also need to be part of the assessment appraisal? So the Shevach Vlad is made by Lehachinami Kamar Ketzamasham Demei Vlad Shevach Vlados. Shamanasisha Kamiyafa Ashalo Yalda Vikamiyafa Mishialda. So the Gemara's, the, Gemara's, the Gemara's response is point very well taken. You're right. Of course you're right. In other words, that is also going to go as part of the assessment and appraisal. In other words, when, when we're looking at her inflated value, we're going to look at her inflation 
I mean that. <laughs> I mean that literally. I'm not trying to be punny. So we're looking at her inflation. I'm not trying to offend either, but we're going to be looking at her inflation in terms of assessing now the value not only of the vlad but of her inflated body. Now, in the Mishnah, Rashim and Gamliel takes unbelievable exception to this idea that she's going to be valued more pregnant than not pregnant. And, and Rashim and Gamliel says that's absurd. But what we didn't get in the Mishnah is an explanation, meaning what exactly is the actuarial discussion that takes place between the Tanakhama and Rashim and Gamliel? Tanakhama presumes as a no-brainer. Of course, now, if you're assessing her in her current pregnant state, or again, she was damaged. In other words, she's no longer pregnant. But before, pre-damage, in other words, she was pregnant. She obviously, according to the Tanakham, was valued more. And now, because of the damage, she's valued less. So in other words, we're going to take those two assessments. We're going to just split, we're, we're, we're going to figure out the difference, and that's what you're going to owe. Now, I was about to say her. It's the Mayvlad, as it goes to the husband. Okay, that's according to the Tanakhama. And Shimon Gamliel says, what are you talking about? She's going to be valued more after she delivers than before she delivered. He literally flips the, the equation on its head. But what we don't get in the Mishnah is an explanation why. Why, why does he flip it on its head? The, the Gemara explains. Or the Gemara is going to give multiple explanations. So over here, Rabbi's explanation, which I have to admit, is not adding a lot, but he just simply says a woman's valued greater after she gave birth than before. <laughs> Rashi explains over here, you know why? Risk. Uh, perfect. So Rashi, Rashi says risk. In other words, because when you are looking on the market at a pregnant woman, so what part of the, what you're taking into account is, look, she might not make it through delivery. Okay, it happens to be that right now, mortality for childbirth is really good nowadays. Okay, but that's 21st century. It's 20th century. The other thing is that she could be incapacitated during pregnancy and not be able to work. Okay. I mean, that's another... They, they don't okay, in other words, as, as Ben's pointing out, and right, in other words, there are so many factors to take into consideration, but right now, just as a principal factor, and that is, is that if you're looking to purchase a pregnant shifcha, you have to take into consideration the fact that she might not make it through the pregnancy. She may not survive the pregnancy. And so that, that is a factor that has to be taken into consideration. And in fact, it's such, a, it's such a factor that it's going to significantly diminish her value. I, in other words, and now she survived the pregnancy? Oh, okay, good. So no, no longer am I prospecting right now. And right now, there, she, she survived. We're good. So, so, uh, so uh, the, this is Rashi's understanding. This is what Ramesh Bengam Leo is objecting to. This idea she's valued more pregnant than she, than she is post-pregnancy? I fundamentally disagree with that point. It's only the first we'll get there. We'll, we'll get good, excellent point. We're getting there. So, Ella, Shaman Savladas, Nosen Labal. So, Rashim and Gamaliel says, so, so look, in other words, there is Demei Vlados. Again, it's a Pasuk in the Torah. But Demei Vlados, Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel says, is very simple the fetus. Meaning, forget the mother, forget her in a state of pregnant versus post pregnancy. Forget that. In other words, the Vlad, that's it. In other words, someone's going to go ahead and assess the value to the Vlad. In other words, right, how much would you pay for just simply that Vlad? That's what you're going to be, that's the assessment. That's what goes to the husband. Tanya Namiachi, the Gemara presents the price to support that. Vichi Isha Mishkachas Kodem, sorry. Vichi Isha Mishabachas Kodem Shetele Yosem Alacha Shetele. Valo Isha Mishabachas Alacha Shetele Yosem Mikom Shetele. El Shaman Esavladus and Nosin Labal. 
Rabbah's explanation of Shem Gamliel, the Brisa says it word for word. Rabbah Amar Okay, we're going to go now with the second approach. Not to be confused, by the way, this is Rava. Previously it was Rava with a hey. This is Rava. So Rava Amar Hachikitani V'chi Isha L'mishi Yoledes Mishabachas V'ein L'atzma V'shevach Vladas Klum So the... Um, so Ella Shamim Es Havladas Venosin Labal V'shevach Havladas Cholkin so uh, the way Rava understands Rosh Hashem objection is the following. Look, in other words, there's Vlad and there's also her appreciated value. Her appreciated value is now what? So that's exactly the point over here. The, uh, as far as the Vlad is concerned, again, the Vlad is a totally new payment. Chiddush Torah. That's going to go to the husband. That's clear. But in other words, but she also has in her pregnant state, <coughs> excuse me, an appreciated value. That appreciated value, what's going to happen to that? That's the Shevach Havlad. So the Shevach Havlad is going to go and now be split between, uh, between the husband and the wife. Tanya Namihachi, this explanation of Shem and Gamil, also supported by a Braisa. And that is Amr Shem and Gamil, Vechishalamishiolatis Meshabachas, Veinlatma, Veshevach Vladis Klum, Elashamim Nezek, Sabifne Atmo, Sar Bifne Atmo, Shamines of Vlados, Venosin Labaal, and 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 v'shevach uh, vlados v'cholkin. So in other words, so the Brisa says exactly what Rava just said, and that is is that nezek tsar. In other words, the actual the actual soul payments that's going to be assessed by itself. The vlad payment is going to be assessed by itself, and then her appreciated value as being a pregnant woman that also is going to be assessed, and that last one is going to be divided between husband and wife. Now kasha d'roshim and gamliel d'roshim and gamliel. Now. We just quoted not one but two Bryces of Hashem and Gamliel. And, small problem. In other words, they're not saying the same thing. So, lo kasha, kan b'mevakeres, kan b'eno mevakeres. Okay, Rav Chai made this point just moments earlier, and now the Gemara says, look, in other words, both, points, both, both factors are considerations. They're both true. Meaning, if this is now her first time that she's pregnant, so right now, as one of the considerations of factoring her value, pregnant versus post-pregnancy, so you have to take into consideration, we don't know if she's going to survive the pregnancy, right? Okay, again, well, this is a strictly legal, financial discussion that we're having right now. And that is, look, when you're assessing, right, what's her current value right now of being, as being a pregnant woman? So we simply don't know if she's going to survive. She has no experience. She has no track record. And we simply don't know. That is going to significantly diminish her current value. And her post-pregnancy value is going to exceed her current value. So that's point number, that's price number one of Rashim and Gamliel. So that's why Rashim and Gamliel will tell you, obviously right now, that can't play a factor in Demei Vlados. What is Demei Vlados? It's just a Vlad. Ah. Now, we move on to the next price. Uh, the next price is, she already delivered, she already had a baby, she already delivered. Okay, so right now, that just took that risk factor and significantly lowered it. So it could very well be that right now, her current pregnant value assessment is going to be greater than a post-pregnancy. Ah, if that's true, so then again, what Rashim and Gamliel will tell you is that the Demei Vlados hasn't changed. It's just the Vlad, the value of the Vlad. How much is somebody ready to pay for that? Aye, but now there's also now a Shevach Havlad. Her appreciated value now is being a pregnant woman. Okay, good. Okay, good. So then so as far as that's concerned, so that you're going to assess and that gets split between husband and wife. Bush delivery. Right, right. 
Now, as far as the Chachamim are concerned, where the Chachamim say they appreciated the value of her being pregnant, meaning not the Vlad, but just her inflated value because of her inflation. So that that goes to the husband. Why? Kid did not. Me mashma ashenamar v'yatsri yaladei niyodei shihi hara matam alamar v'nakfu isha hara. The Gemara only quotes the pasuk the word hara v'nakfu isha hara. Why does the Torah say that she's pregnant? We knew that. Why? Because she miscarried. So the shevach herayon goes to the ball as well. Meaning enachinami shevach herayon would without the pasuk go to her. We have a pasuk, and the pasuk tells us it goes to the husband. Rishim and Gamliel, hi Haram, my Darish Bay. Now Rishim and Gamliel disagrees. He says that Sheva Harayon goes partially to him, partially to her. So the Gemara says Sorry. So what does he do with the pasuk? So he needs it for the following. We buy lechedetanya. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov Omer lo lamenu chayev ad she yakena keneged beis Harayon. So. Uh, what he does with the Pasuk is it comes to teach me the following. The Demei Vlad does payment that the Torah's Mechadesh only is going to be assessed and only will be required to be paid by the Mazik only when he hits her somewhere around the midsection. However, if he hits her anywhere in extremity and the, um, and, 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 uh, and she miscarries, so the, again, there's assault, there's payment, but there's no Demei Vlados. So Amra Papalote Ma Kinegabesarayon So anyways, uh, what I said uh, what I said earlier, but I just said it just a moment too early. And that is it's gotta be anywhere in the midsection. Right? Shikhma Lavlad, who provides warmth for the child. If you hit any one of the extremities, so that is not going to be uh, directly linked with the miscarriage, and therefore the Demay Vlad's payment is not gonna go is not gonna be assessed in such a situation. Okay. Haisa, we're behind. Uh-huh. But it's 8 o'clock. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to stop. Okay, so tomorrow I'm going to make an effort, more, even more of an effort to try to catch up. A lot of Gemara. Okay, Hope, hoping for a, sh- a shorter daf tomorrow. Not, not, not the case. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about it tomorrow. Okay, Adkan, we're going to stop over here. To, so, so today, more, more regarding the topics of, of trespassing onto, onto people's property, being invited to people's property. At what point precisely is a homeowner with an invitation going to be accepting liability? So that was yesterday's daf. We finished up today. And machlokis, uh, basic machlokis between the Chachamim and Rebbe in terms of when does liability transfer over from the, from the guest to the homeowner. According to the Re- according to Rebbe, you have to say the words, I accept liability. According to the Chachamim, you just simply have to invite him onto your property. And that's it. The liability now is transferred over to the homeowner. Who does the halacha follow like? Seems like that's a complicated question. Machlok is between Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel falls like Rebbe. It sounds like the easiest way to say is that the halacha is like Rebbe. Okay, Tosu says it's not that easy. Anyway, that was part one of today's daf. And then part two of today's daf, which is really today's daf, Mem Tesson Babakama, and that's the Vlados, the Deme Vlados payment, which is the an additional line item where, in the event that a woman is struck, even incidentally, and the miscarriage was caused, so aside from all the payments of Tsar, Nezek, Ripui, Shevis, Boshes, I always say it in different orders every time. I don't know, I don't know why I don't have it in my head. It's one singular order. Anyway, so all the regular Nezek payments, so that, that's going to be assessed. But in addition to that, there's a brand new line item. I'm, it's good. It's a brand new line item. It's called the Mevlados that goes to the husband. And that's what we discussed in today's stuff.